Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 20th, and our chapter reading for today is 1 Samuel chapter 1. Actually, what I'm going to do is introduce to you the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material as we get into 1 Samuel chapter 1, because we are introduced to Hannah and her husband Elkanah. It is a fascinating story about a great miracle of God that took place at ancient Shiloh, called by the Jewish people Shiloh. Often we use a long I sound because that is a characteristic of our English palate, but it is very unusual for there to be a long I in Hebrew. Everything, for instance, is more of what we would call a short I. For instance, Zechariah is Zechariah. You see where the different emphasis and accent is. Isaiah is Yeshiyahu. That's quite a bit of difference, but Micah is Mika. All of those long eyes turn into short I as a E sound when you read it in Hebrew. And so from time to time, I try to help you to understand something of what these words would have sounded like to the ears of Jesus, to the ears of those who spoke it. And so I want us to review as we start into this new section of the books of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. So let me just go back and help you because this is very important to the great story of God. Remember, God is telling us a story. And lest you get upset with the Septuagint translators that took the Hebrew scriptures and put them in a format that's easy for the non-Semitic mind to understand, the Greek minds, which most of us that are listening to this are European in descent, and we are Greek in our origin. Orientation, Roman in our orientation, not that we have a background and a lineage of that, but we have a mindset of that. We look at things from a reasonable, rational standpoint, not that the Semitic mind doesn't, but the Bible says that the Jews seek after a sign. Greeks, that is, the Greek mindset, the non-Jew mindset, is based upon wisdom, reasoning, and so forth. And this is why when we are sharing Christ with someone, we're sharing Messiah, we're sharing Jesus with someone, we have gotten in the mindset that we think if somebody just understands and we can convince them that Jesus is the Son of God, then that means they're saved. That is a very dangerous thing to do, because you can know all there is to know about Jesus and even believe that he died for your sins personally and still not be saved, because salvation is not based upon knowledge. It is based upon the grace of God through repentance and trusting Jesus alone to save you from your sins. It's a commitment of your life to who he is, and God enables us to do that. And so when we're reading the great story of God, I am so glad that the rabbis and the scribes 
put into the mindset of the non-Jewish people and population of their day uh, a couple hundred years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, they translate the Hebrew scriptures into common Greek, Koine Greek. And they set the tone of how the story would be told for the Gentiles who would be grafted in a couple hundred years later. And so this is why our Bibles follow the divisions and the book order and the names of the Septuagint rather than the Hebrew and of which Jesus read the Tanakh, the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings. When we come to the Jewish order of the books, the Jewish Tanakh, then you have Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles as just three books. The division of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles did not happen until the Septuagint. And again, I'm so glad that they did this. And so it helps me to break it down for you by sections. And we saw this in the wonderful little book of Ruth, which is a mediator. It is a go-between. It bridges the gap between the period of the judges and the period of the United monarchy, the 120-year monarchy of Saul, David, and Solomon, David's son. And then the kingdom split in two. And so it's very easy for me to show you that Ruth is the introduction to the book of 1 Samuel because it introduces David, who will become a prominent figure within the writings of Samuel. And so when we come to 1 Samuel, that introduces, 1 Samuel introduces the ministry of Samuel, and then it introduces the kingship of King Saul, and then the calling out and the anointing of King David, who is the son of Jesse. Now, you've got to remember that Judges covers a period of time from 1380 to 1050, 1051. So you've got a long period of time when the judges were in charge, when they were ruling. It was during this period that Samuel came on the scene. Now, Samuel's prophetic ministry, that is, as he was a grown man and began to really go on a circuit, was a long time before Saul actually came on the scene. Samuel's time is around 1100 years before Christ, 1100 B.C., and he prophesied down to the time of King David and through his life. He anointed Saul as king in 1051. That's when I dated 1051. And all of that is in 1 Samuel. See, 1 Samuel records the life of Samuel and the life of King Saul, the entire life of King Saul as far as his kingship is concerned. But it only introduces David, David as the young shepherd boy, son of Jesse, as the one who is a young warrior and a very brave young warrior. You're going to find all of that in First Samuel. And then in Second Samuel, you have the picking up of the story and how Saul ends his reign and David is anointed king and God makes a covenant with him, an everlasting covenant. 
then as you get into the end of First Samuel and into First Kings, you see that indeed there is a story that is being told and it is divided up very easily. First Samuel covers the life of Samuel, the life of Saul, and the introduction to King David. Second Samuel deals with primarily the life and ministry and the rulership of King David. Now, at the end of the book of 2 Samuel, we are introduced to the book of Kings, which is conveniently broken down for us. And I'm so glad that it is because 1 Kings records the closing hours and days of David's life. When you open up 1 Kings, David is dying and he's giving Solomon instruction. And so in 1 Kings, you have the death of David and the anointing of Solomon as king and all that took place in that. And then you have uh, Solomon's life. It is not in huge detail because 1 and 2 Kings deal with the death of David First Kings, and then the anointing and the coronation of his son, King Solomon, the son of Bathsheba. That was the mother, you remember, of the little child that died because of judgment upon David and uh, what he did. But God gave another son, and that son's name was Solomon, and he went to the throne. And you recall all that God did with him in 1 Kings. And then Solomon dies, and in 1 Kings chapter 12, after the background story has been told of a man by the name of Jeroboam, son of Nebuchadnezzar, then there is the record of the splitting or the division of the kingdom and how the 10 tribes went north. All of that's recorded in 1 Kings. It starts with the record about chapter 9, giving the background and kind of the cultural milieu of the day, the context historically, and then you have the division of the kingdom. Now, 1 Kings records the building of the temple, uh, not to the degree that the Chronicles material will. Remember, it's telling a story. And because it tells the story of both the life of Solomon and then his death and the division of the kingdom, 1 Kings and 2 Kings deals with both kingdoms, the northern kingdom called Israel, sometimes called Ephraim, and then the southern kingdom, which is sometimes called the southern kingdom, just Judah, the kingdom of Judah, because that was the tribe of David and they were loyal to him and they took care of the temple until finally. 586 B.C. All of that's recorded in 1 Kings. And so you have 1 and 2 Kings that deal with both kingdoms, the death of David in 1 Kings, the rise of Solomon, the division in chapters 12 and so forth, where you have the rebellion, the revolt against Solomon's son Rehoboam, and the rise of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and how the kingdom was divided. You also have in 1 and 2 Kings, the telling of the story of both kingdoms, but primarily this is where we get our information about the northern kingdom in First and Second Kings. In First and Second Chronicles, you don't have that, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Only as, as the northern kingdom relates to Judah. 
And so if you want to find stories, for instance, about Elisha, about Elijah, you will not look in Second Kings. You'll look in First Kings because that has to do with what happened during the period of the division of the kingdom. And so if you're going to look, for instance, at the ministry of Elijah and Elisha, you would look in the king's material, not the chronicles material as such, because they were part of the northern kingdom and prophesied to the the northern kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have anything to do with the southern kingdom, but the southern kingdom is going to be dealt with the tribe of Judah in First and Second Chronicles. So this is the way it's divided up. Just to summarize, First Samuel deals with the introduction of Samuel, the introduction of Saul, his rulership, and the introduction of David. Then in 2 Samuel, it is exclusively about David and his life, his work, his reign. And then in 1 Kings, you have the death of David, the rise of Solomon, his coronation, his inauguration as king, and then his building of the temple and the dates as to when that happened and so forth. And then you have his death, his demise, first of all, and then his death. And you have the division of the kingdom. The rest from chapter 12 in First Kings all the way through the end of Second Kings deals with two kingdoms and how they related to each other and how they walked or did not walk with God. And then First and Second Chronicles is really the story of creation starting in chapter one, all the way through First Chronicles, you have the story of creation as it relates to Abraham, as it relates to King David, as it relates to the tribe of Judah, because it is a chronicle of the events and the actions of God as it relates to the people of God who are later identified as the Jewish people, Yehuda, the Jews, the Yudes. They are of the tribe of Judah. And that doesn't mean that it's exclusively the tribe of Judah, people who are Jews today. That's not so. Because the tribes of the north, they all came down. All of them weren't killed, by the way, in the northern invasion. And many of those of those tribes came south. We know that even in the New Testament. You have people that are, yes, of the tribe of Benjamin. You have the prophetess Anna. You have uh, Simeon. All of these are from different tribes. And so it wasn't uh, such a thing. There never was such a thing as the lost ten tribes of Israel. God knows where every one of them are and every person where their lineage is. During the days of the Great Tribulation, he is going to put a seal on 12,000 from every tribe. And so that means there's a lot of people out there from every tribe, and God knows every one of the bloodlines and who's a part of what tribe. And so so just keep that in mind. So when you get to First and Second Chronicles, you're talking about creation all the way through until the captivity and the return. That is the decree of Cyrus. So you're going to read about all of that in First and Second Chronicles from a Judaic standpoint of the history of Judah, the history of the Jews looked at from the vantage point and through the eyes of a member of the tribe of Judah. So when you read First and Second Kings and you read First and Second Chronicles, you see some of the same events, but it seems like they're told from a different vantage point. Now, why would that be? 
because they are. And this is sometimes the confusion as you go through the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material. Well, I hope this helps you and it becomes a real launching pad for us as we tell the story of God as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.